Chapter 8 That was so much fun last night, Becca told Lila. I had a great time. Your little brother is a riot. You ever see anyone find so many ways to break tree ornaments? Lila asked, shaking her head. But the tree looked perfect, Becca said. Scrawny, but perfect. It was Wednesday afternoon, a clear day, warm for winter, and only a few tiny patches of snow remained on the asphalt of the student parking lot. School had just let out. Becca and Lila, backpacks slung on their shoulders, made their way toward the bike rack. Where do you want to ride? Lila asked, waving to some kids piling into a red Civic. Anywhere, Becca answered with enthusiasm. I just want to ride and ride and ride. I feel as if I haven't used my legs in weeks. Yeah, me too, Lila replied. I was so glad the snow finally melted so we could take her bikes. Let's take Park Drive to River Road, okay? Becca nodded. The hills will be a challenge. It'll be really pretty up above the river, Lila said. She stopped suddenly. Look, there's your pal Honey at the bike rack. Becca groaned. Just my luck, she moved in next door. She's like my shadow, only closer. Why don't you tell her to get lost, Lila asked, stepping back as the red Civic roared past, its horn honking loudly. Sometimes I'd like to, Becca said thoughtfully. But then I decide she's not so bad. I think she's just really insecure. Who isn't, Lila said dryly. They made their way to the bike rack at the back of the student lot. Honey was examining one of the bikes, but she stepped away when she saw Becca and Lila approaching. Hi, how's it going? she called, waving. She was wearing a yellow windbreaker. Her hair was tied behind her head with a yellow ribbon. Hiya, honey, Lila said cheerily. Honey didn't seem to hear her. Can I go home with you? Honey asked Becca. No, Lila and I are going for a long bike ride, Becca told her, tossing her backpack over the handlebars of her bike. We've been sitting around for weeks. We need a workout. Honey frowned. I've got to get a bike. I want one just like yours. It's a 10-speed, right? Becca shook her head. No, a 21-speed. I like your hair that way, Lila said to Honey. Will you be home tonight? Honey asked Becca. Yeah, I guess. I've got to work on my research paper for science. Me too, Honey said. I'll call you, okay? Okay, Becca said, backing her bike out of the rack. See you, Honey said. She stood beside the rack, her hands crammed in the pockets of her windbreaker, watching as Becca and Lila pedaled away. They made their way out of the parking lot and turned right onto Park Drive. The curb was still puddled with melting snow. Their tires sent up a spray as they rolled past. Did you see the look on Honey's face when you said she couldn't come with us? Lila called, pedaling hard a few yards ahead of Becca. She looked as if you just killed her puppy. She's very emotional, Becca replied, leaning forward over her handlebars. One minute, she's ecstatically happy. The next, she's ready to weep bitter tears. Weird, Lila said. They rode past the front of the school, the flag hanging limp on this windless afternoon, and headed through the neighborhood of big houses and tree-filled front yards known as North Hills. My legs ache already, Becca complained. We haven't even reached the good hills yet, Lila said, pedaling harder. I've just been so lazy lately. This feels really good, Becca said. We're supposed to go skiing this vacation. Lila said, staring straight ahead as the road dipped to the east. But we may not go. My dad may have to go to Akron on business. Akron? For Christmas? Becca cried, pumping hard to keep up with her. No, he'd be back by Christmas, but we wouldn't be able to go away. What a drag, Becca groaned. She took her hands off the handlebars to unzip her jacket. The sun was an orange ball just over the tops of the trees. In the center of a yard across the street lay a top hat and a straw broom the remains of what must have been a pretty fancy snowman. Becca pedaled rapidly to catch up to Lila, and they biked side by side for a while. 
Here come the hills, she warned. The first one is downhill. No problem, Lila cried. Watch out, there are still a few patches of ice, Becca said, pointing. She stopped pedaling as they started to roll down the hill toward the intersection with River Road. The hill was steep and they started to pick up speed. Becca saw the brown delivery truck first. It was speeding towards the intersection, its engine roaring. Look out, Becca warned. She pressed her handbrakes and started to slow, but not Lila. It all happened so quickly. In a second, maybe less. Becca saw the panic on Lila's face. My brakes, Lila shrieked. Becca squealed to a safe stop. Still picking up speed, Lila flew over her handlebars into the intersection. Becca shut her eyes. Then she heard a loud thump, followed by a sickening crunch. Chapter 9 The sun was behind the trees now. The air carried a bitter winter chill. The red lights on top of the ambulances circled around and around. Becca sat on the curb and stared as the red lights rolled over the ground, over the street, over Lila's bent and mangled bike, still lying in the middle of the intersection, over the dark circle of blood in the street. She heard a high-pitched voice talking rapidly, excitedly. It was the truck driver, a young man in a denim work shirt and black jeans, with a red bandana tied around his forehead. He was explaining to a grim-faced police officer what had happened. Gesturing wildly, his voice kept cracking as he talked. Becca didn't look at him. She kept her gaze on the sweeping red ambulance lights. The lights were comforting somehow, hypnotic, so regular, so mechanical. There were two ambulances there, Becca knew, and several black-and-white police cars. The officers had wanted to talk to her, but she told them she wasn't ready to talk. She wanted to sit on the curb on the cold, solid concrete and watch the lights go around for a while, round and round. She looked up in time to see the white-jacketed medics lift a stretcher into one of the ambulances, the stretcher carrying Lila. The stretcher slid silently into the back of the ambulance, silent as death. And then the doors were closed with a bang. Lila was alive. The officers had told her that Lila was alive. She was unconscious. She was in bad shape. But she was alive. Becca shut her eyes. The sweeping red lights disappeared. She heard the thud again. And then she heard the crunch. When she opened her eyes, she was panting, her heart thudding in her chest. Will I hear those sounds every time I shut my eyes? Becca realized she was standing. She didn't remember climbing to her feet, but she was standing now. Am I in shock? The officer had muttered something about shock. The red light swept over her as she found herself walking towards the intersection. Round and round. I'm inside the red lights now. So cold. So cold. Will I ever be warm? The red is cold. And then she was lifting Lila's bike. It had jerked to a stop and then slid into the intersection after Lila, so bent, so totally wrecked, the seat as flat as a sheet of cardboard, and the brakes. Huh? Becca's mouth dropped open. She stared hard at the mangled bike in her hands as the red light swept over her. Then there was darkness, then the red light again. One brake cable. One of Lila's brake cables. It's missing, Becca saw. She searched the street. There were no pieces there. My brakes. Those were the words Lila had screamed just before, before the bike slammed to a stop and she was thrown off. Lila had no rear wheel brakes, no brake cable to her back wheel. The cable couldn't have come loose from both ends, Becca knew. It couldn't have fallen off from both ends. It had to have been removed. Hey, her rear brake cable, it's gone, Becca shouted. Did anyone hear her? Did she really shout it? Or did she just imagine that she had shouted it? Lila's brake cable. Where is Lila's brake cable? 
Was she talking to herself? Wouldn't anyone listen to her? Becca felt a hand on her shoulder. The hand was gentle, protective. She raised her eyes to the face of a young police officer. Your friend is on her way to the hospital, he said softly, staring into her eyes with his wet blue ones. Are you feeling better? I don't know, Becca heard herself say. Would you like to go to the hospital too? He asked, not blinking, not taking his eyes from hers. Or would you like us to take you home? Home, Becca said. Lila is still unconscious, Becca whispered into the phone. My mom just talked to her mom. The doctor said Lila is stable. Stable. What does that mean? Bill asked on the other end of the phone line. Becca leaned over her desk. I don't know. I guess that means she isn't getting any worse. And how are you doing? Bill asked softly. Okay, I guess. Better. I keep getting chills. Mom keeps bringing me soup, like I'm the one who's sick or something. You're going to school tomorrow? Bill asked. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just can't believe it, Bill. Last night I was at Lila's and we had such a good time. We were trimming her tree. Everyone was so happy. And now... She'll be okay, Bill said soothingly. I know she will. Becca forced herself not to cry. She hadn't cried at all, not a tear. Every time the urge hit her, she forced it back. You've been through a shock, Bill said. I'm keeping it together, she told him, her voice breaking. Lila will be okay, Bill repeated. He doesn't really believe it, Becca realized. He's trying to make me feel better. He's sweet. Let's do something Saturday night, he urged. Try to take our minds off everything. Okay, she agreed. The word tumbled out of her mouth. She was feeling so close to him now. He was being so understanding, so caring. She just agreed without thinking. You'll do it? He sounded very surprised. Yeah, I'll just sneak out, she told him. It won't be any big deal. I'll tell my parents I'm going over to Trish's. Better let Trish in on it, Bill warned. Hey, I'm not stupid, she snapped. I know, but you're also not good at being sneaky. I can handle it, Becca assured him. I really do need to get my mind off this. Poor Lila. Again, she choked back the tears. We'll go to a movie, a comedy, Bill promised. We'll laugh all night. You'll see. I don't want to laugh all night, Becca insisted. I just want... Becca suddenly had the feeling she wasn't alone. She turned to her bedroom door and cried out in alarm. Chapter 10 Honey, Becca cried. How long have you been standing there? How did you get in here? Honey, her features tight with concern, stepped into Becca's bedroom. Listen, I've got to go. Bye, Becca said hurriedly into the phone. She hung up the receiver and stood up. How much did Honey hear, Becca wondered. Becca, I heard the news about Lila, Honey cried. You must feel awful. Yeah, Becca replied warily. How did you get in here? Did my mom let you in? Honey nodded, then bounded across the room and wrapped Becca in a tight protective hug. There, there, Honey said in a low voice that was meant to be soothing. There, 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 there. Honey, please. You don't have to say anything, Honey said, not letting go of Becca. I understand what you're feeling. That's why I came running over the moment I heard. I knew my place was here. Well, really, Honey, Becca struggled to free herself from Honey's tight hug. Finally, Honey let go and took a step back. She stared at Becca with an expression meant to be sympathetic and understanding. How awful for you, Becca, how awful. But you can let it out with me. You can be yourself, express your feelings without being embarrassed. That's what best friends are for, right? Grateful to be out of Honey's smothering hug, Becca made her way to the bed and dropped down onto her quilt with a weary sigh. I really don't want to talk about it, Honey. Of course, I understand, Honey replied, crossing her arms in front of her. 
moving forward until she was standing directly over Becca. An awkward silence followed. Honey stared down at Becca, who was sitting hunched over on her bed, her hands clasped tightly in her lap. Becca avoided Honey's stare, keeping her gaze focused on the evening darkness outside the window. You don't have to talk about it, Honey said finally. It must have been such a shock, such a horrible thing to witness. Yeah, Becca agreed, feeling her throat tighten. Didn't Lila see the truck? Honey asked. Becca sighed. Honey, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Really, I don't. But I really feel like being alone right now. Honey's dark lips formed a small O of surprise, but she quickly recovered her concerned expression. Of course you do, Becca. You were always like that. Even when we were little, you always had to sit and figure things out by yourself. Honey shook her head. You were such a loner sometimes. Yeah, I guess, Becca said, feeling the urge to cry again and fighting it down. Well, I'm going home, Honey continued. I just came over to say that I'm here if you need me. You don't have Lila anymore. So, I want you to know I'm right here for you. Whenever. You don't have Lila anymore. Is that what Honey said? What did you say? Becca cried. I said I'm right here for you, Honey said, retreating to the door. No, I heard what you said. I heard what you said about Lila. You don't have Lila anymore. Something about the way Honey said those words gave Becca a chill. Suddenly, before Becca even realized it, hot tears were rolling down her cheeks. Her shoulders were heaving, and she was sobbing, loud sobs of utter grief. No, no, I don't want to cry, Becca thought. But she couldn't stop herself now. Huddled on the bed, she let out loud, racking sobs and covered her face with her hands. That's it. Let it all out. Honey's voice floated into Becca's consciousness. She felt Honey's arm go around her shoulders. Honey was beside her on the bed now, hugging her, holding her, whispering soothingly. There, there. Let it all out. I'm right here, Becca. It's okay. It's okay. I'm right here. Becca? Another voice broke into Becca's consciousness, a voice from the doorway. Becca wiped her eyes with both hands and stared at the doorway. Trish was standing there, looking surprised and uncomfortable. Becca, are you okay? Trish asked, taking a reluctant step into the room. Becca cleared her throat, tried to reply. Before she could answer Trish, Honey was on her feet and sailing across the room. Grabbing Trish's elbow, Honey began to force her to leave. Sorry, Trish, not now, Becca heard Honey say firmly. Becca wants to be left alone. Trish flashed Becca a helpless look, but Honey insisted. Holding her by the elbow, she led Trish out of the room. Becca heard them both go down the stairs. Then she buried her head in her hands and cried some more. Chapter 11 Becca put her hands behind Bill's neck and pulled his face to hers. She returned his kiss, a long, hard kiss, closing her eyes at first, then opening them to stare at the fogged-up windshield. She liked the smell of his leather jacket. She liked the softness of the long tangles of hair behind his head that she wrapped her fingers in, holding him close as they kissed. He started to pull away, but she pulled his face to hers and found his lips for another kiss. She didn't want to let him go. Parked in her car on River Ridge, the windows all steamed, surrounded by the dark night. They were in their own world, safe and warm and silent. Far below, the Kononoka River flowed quietly, slowly, its waters choked with ice. Beyond the river stretched the town of Shadyside, lights twinkling through the trees on a clear, cold Saturday night. But up on the high cliff known as River Ridge, pressed together in the front seat of the small car, Beckett and Bill were alone. Far from everyone, far from the people who would keep them apart. 
After a long while, Bill reached up and removed Becca's hands from the back of his head. I, I can't breathe, he whispered, laughing kiddily. Becca sank back with a sigh. She pressed her forehead into the shoulder of his leather jacket. I like it here, she said softly, still tasting his lips on hers. Want to get out and look down at the town, he asked, running a hand back through his hair, smoothing out some of the tangles. No, I don't want to move, Becca replied, ever. She squeezed his hand, then held it. With his free hand, he absently drew circles in the steam on the passenger window. This is the first time I've been able to relax, she admitted. I've been so crazed all week. He turned to her, his expression serious. Because of Lila, you mean? Because of everything, Becca told him, snuggling against his big shoulder. Lila, honey, you, me. Having to sneak out tonight, she said softly. Having to lie to my parents, I really hate it. Well, why don't you just tell them you're with me again, Bill asked. I mean, I'm not such a bad guy. Becca didn't reply for a long while. Finally, she said, you don't know my parents very well. Once they get an idea about someone in their heads, she let go of his hand and sank lower in the seat. They'll probably give in after a while, she told him, staring at the dark windshield. After a lot of screaming and yelling and arguing, and I just haven't felt... I haven't felt like screaming and yelling. Know what I mean? Bill nodded solemnly. I guess. It's different at my house, he added thoughtfully. There's never any screaming and yelling at my house because no one cares. Well, my parents care too much, Becca said, frowning. Sometimes I wish they'd just back off, get out of my face. And then there's Honey. She groaned and ran her hands around the steering wheel. Honey is a pest, huh? Pest isn't the word for it, Becca replied unhappily. I... I've had such terrible thoughts about Honey. I mean, about Honey and Lila's accident. I just don't know what to think. Honey is just so weird. So weird. She honestly believes we used to be best friends. But we weren't. We hardly knew each other. I really think she's made up a whole fantasy about how close we used to be. She believes her fantasy. And she's trying to force me to believe it too. She means well, doesn't she? Bill asked, leaning close to her, his face showing his concern. I don't know, Becca told him. Sometimes she's kind of sweet. I mean, she tries hard to be a good friend, but she just tries too hard. In other words, she's a pest, Bill said snickering. He spelled out pest in the window steam. It isn't funny, Becca said sharply. Ever since, ever since Lila's accident, Honey calls me three times a night. She drops over all the time. Every time I turn around, there she is, staring at me, giving me heartfelt sympathetic looks with those big gray eyes of hers. Bill reached over and placed a hand tenderly on Becca's shoulder. Calm down. You're getting yourself all crazy again. I can't help it, Becca wailed. Honey is making me crazy. She's always hugging me. It's like she wants to smother me. Becca, please. She took my best blue top, you know, the silky one. She took it home to clean off the stain, and I never saw it again. Why don't you ask her for it, Bill suggested. I did. She stared at me as if she didn't know what I was talking about. Well, I don't get it. Bill said with growing impatience. If Honey is so terrible, why don't you tell her not to come over? Why not tell her you don't want to be her friend? That's easy to say, Becca replied heatedly, but it's not so easy to do. You know how I hate to hurt people's feelings. I can't just say, Honey, get lost. Bill shook his head. It shouldn't be that hard to get rid of her. You don't know Honey. I don't think she'd even listen to me, Becca cried. She's just so intense. She wants to be my best friend so badly. She's at the door every morning after breakfast. We have to go to school together. We sit together in homeroom and in several classes. She always hunts me down in the lunchroom, and we have to have lunch together. 
She even brings the same lunch as I do. Bill laughed. It isn't funny, Becca cried, giving him a shove. Trish thinks it's really funny, too, but it's not. It's sick. Have you told any of this to your parents? Bill asked, shifting in his seat to face her. Of course, Becca told him. They think Honey is sweet. That's because Honey is always playing up to them, telling them how great they are, telling them how much she misses having a mother, and how her father is always traveling and never around, and how she wishes she had a family like mine. Yuck. Bill put his finger down his throat. Yeah, I told you, it's sick, Becca exclaimed. But my parents just eat it up. And now, every time I start to complain about Honey, they don't want to hear about it. They even take Honey's side. Calm down, Becca, calm down, Bill urged with genuine concern. He reached over and took her hand. You're shaking. I can't help it, Becca wailed. She just makes me so crazy. How's Lila doing, he asked, deliberately changing the subject. She's better, Becca told him. I visited the hospital this morning. She's doing real well, better than the doctors expected. We had a nice talk, but... Her voice trailed off. But what? Bill demanded. Well, Lila told me the strangest thing. Becca swallowed hard, then continued. Lila told me that Honey had been asking her questions about her bike a day or two before the accident. You know, questions about what kind of bike it was, how the brakes worked, stuff like that. So? Bill asked, his expression puzzled. I don't know. I just think it's odd, Becca replied thoughtfully. I didn't remember it until I talked to Lila this morning. But Honey was at the bike rack when Lila and I came for our bikes. She was examining a bike. Then she... You don't think Honey did something to Lila's bike, do you? Bill asked skeptically. The car suddenly filled with bright light as another car rolled past. Becca shielded her eyes. Darkness returned as the other car drove on. Maybe we should get going, Becca said nervously. She shivered. In a little while, Bill replied, staring at her intently. First, tell me what you meant about Honey. Nothing, Becca replied uncomfortably. I shouldn't have said it. I just, I've been thinking about it all day, picturing Honey there at the bike rack, and then... Becca started to wipe the windshield clear with her hand. Bill pulled her back in the seat. Becca, come on, he scolded softly. You really don't think Honey would try to kill Lila just because Lila was your friend? No, I guess not, Becca said uncertainly. I don't know. I mean, I've been thinking so many crazy things. Honey just, she just, I'm a basket case, Bill. I really am, Becca sobbed. Bill reached for her, slid his arms around her, and held her close. Becca stared out the windshield as he raised his face to kiss her. Her eyes grew wider as she glimpsed something outside, something red behind a tree. Bill, she's there, Becca cried, pulling away from him violently. Honey, she's out there. She's watching us. Becca fumbled for the door handle. Wait, Bill cried. He reached for her with both hands, but Becca pushed open the door and leapt out of the car. There she is. She followed us, Becca screamed frantically, running to the tree. Chapter 12 Becca's breath steamed up in front of her as she ran through the darkness to the tree. Her heart pounded. She was so angry she felt she might explode. How dare, honey! What right did she have to follow Becca, to spy on her? It was crazy, just crazy. Becca heard Bill's footsteps pounding the hard dirt behind her. Becca, wait up. They both reached the tree at the same time. Honey? Becca called breathlessly. Honey? She gasped in a mouthful of cold air and stared at the red kerchief. The red kerchief dangled from a skinny, low tree branch. How could she have thought that that red kerchief was honey? Bill grabbed the kerchief and pulled it down. He held it up to Becca. She expected him to laugh at her. But Bill's face was serious, his features narrowed in concern. 
Becca, I'm really worried about you, he said softly. He lowered the kerchief, then let it drop to the ground. You've got to find a way to calm down, he said, staring at her intently. I know, Becca replied, trembling all over. But what can I do, Bill? What can I do? Becca groaned and tried to sit up. Her head felt as if it weighed two tons. She sank back onto her pillow. She reached for the thermometer, then remembered she had just taken her temperature ten minutes before. It had been 101.6. What time was it, anyway? She struggled to focus on the clock radio beside her bed. A little past noon, Monday afternoon. She had felt a little strange Sunday night, a little queasy, a little achy. When she had tried to get out of bed Monday morning, she knew at once she was really sick. The flu, probably, or some kind of virus. Something was always going around. I wish I could stay home and take care of you, her mom had said, bringing her tea and buttered toast on a tray. Becca forced down some of the tea. She couldn't eat the toast. That's okay, Mom. I'm not a little kid. I can manage, she had said. Her head throbbed as if someone were inside, pounding with a hammer to get out. I'm just going to sleep all day. I'll try to come home early, Mrs. Norwood said, frowning. Drink plenty of liquids, okay? Here, wait a sec. I'll get you some Tylenol. Becca's mom didn't return for what seemed a long while. Becca lay in her back, feeling uncomfortable but too weak to change her position. She stared up at the ceiling, trying to remember what was going on in school. Here are the Tylenols. Take them with this juice. Her mother leaned over her, holding a small juice glass and two pills. That was honey downstairs, she said as Becca sat up with great effort. She wanted to come up, but I told her how sick you are. Thanks, Becca said weakly. She choked down the two pills and handed the juice glass back to her mother. Honey said she'd be sure to bring you your homework after school, Mrs. Norwood said. She's such a considerate girl, isn't she? Who needs homework? Becca muttered bitterly. She sank back onto her pillow with a loud groan. Does anything hurt in particular? Mrs. Norwood asked, biting her lower lip. Everything hurts, Becca moaned. Well, sleep all day then, Mrs. Norwood said, placing a cool hand on Becca's hot forehead. Ooh, pretty hot. I'll call you later. Be sure to drink a lot. If you're not better by tomorrow, we'll call Dr. Klein. Becca's mom disappeared out the door. Becca stared up at the ceiling for a long while. Then she shifted onto her side. I'm dying, she thought. I feel so bad. She fell into a restless sleep. Her mother called around eleven, waking her up. After mumbling something to her, Becca padded down to the kitchen, poured herself a tall glass of apple juice, then returned to her bed. That afternoon passed in a feverish blur, half awake, half asleep. Becca tossed uncomfortably, feeling hot and sweaty, and then pulling the covers up to her chin when she had the chills. She had wild dreams, vivid with glaringly bright colors, dreams with chase scenes. She was running, running desperately trying to escape from she didn't know what. The dreams collided with other dreams. She and Lila were riding the same bike, then Honey was running alongside. Then all three of them were on the bike, and the bike toppled over. Such strange dreams, disturbing dreams, one right after the other. The phone rang at 3.15. It took three rings for Becca to realize what the sound was. Hello? Her voice was choked. She coughed hard to clear her throat. Oh, you're home, a familiar voice said on the other end. Trish? I didn't think you'd be home, Trish said. Huh? Why not? Well, I thought maybe you were in the hospital, Becca. I've been so worried. I couldn't wait to get home to call you. The room was spinning around Becca. Gripping the phone tightly, she closed her eyes and sank back onto the pillow. Trish, why on earth would I be in the hospital? Well, Trish hesitated on the other end of the line. Honey told everyone about your breakdown. 